<laughs> but you know, I'm kind of like <laughs> yeah. squinting. I'm I'm making like a kind of like a stank face right now about it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between, welcome back to another episode of Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords. Uh, as always, I am your host, John Paglosodi, and I am here with very special guest, Mr. Aaron Steckgauner. How are you today, Aaron? I am very well, man. It's actually Steckgauner, which is okay, because I thought your last name was Pagolini, so uh, we're both <laughs> fucking up a little bit. Off to a good start. <laughs> Hey, we'll get him out of the way now, and the rest of the thing will go real smooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I'm doing excellent, though. What about you? I'm doing really well, too, man. It's a, it's a beautiful day out here in sunny Southern California. A little bit windy. I noticed the planes are landing the wrong way today. The planes were landing the wrong way? What do you mean? Uh, when it's like uh, Santa Ana winds, the winds come from the opposite direction. Like, they come from inland, and then the planes have to land. Uh, like into the wind so they have to land on the other side of the runway little little fun fact for you wow yeah i uh i wouldn't notice that are you right by john wayne or something are you able to actually see them doing it uh yeah dude these things take off basically right over my house so it's all right wow. i have double paned windows and everything and i i run fans and white noise and listen to a lot of music so you know drowns mm, it out okay cool cool <laughs> anyways dude um we are talking about a super sick album today. What album have you chosen? Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Yes. Such a classic record here. Um, really excited to talk about it with you. Um, first, let me get something out of the way. I've got to shout out Redefining Records. That is the uh, music blog that this podcast is a part of. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, go follow Redefining Records. They will post updates for this podcast. Uh, you can also check out Mr. Andrew Schultz's sister podcast. It's called Sounds for Thought, um, where he talks to indie artists about their own music. Uh, so kind of a cool take there. While you're at it, go ahead. Got your phone open. Follow this podcast, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, there should be a subscribe or follow button. Go ahead and hit that while you're on Instagram, because I know you're going to be on Instagram. Uh, hit me up. I'm Delta Dagger Music. Follow me for updates on the pod, my music, music memes, random crap. Uh, I'm going to be doing a guitar build uh, kind of video slash series thing soon, so check that out. Uh, Mr. Aaron. Uh, where should we follow you online? Um, I'm fortunate enough to have a pretty unique last name. So if you just search my name anywhere on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, it's just Aaron Stachoner, S-T-E-C-H-A-U-N-E-R. I'm assuming that that name will be <laughs> on the podcast title and everything surrounding this episode. So. I'm not too worried, but yeah, you can, you can find me there. There you go. Yeah, we will, we will be sure to plug you here, uh, in the title as well as, uh, we put the social links in the description and stuff too. We'll, we'll get you, we'll get you going there. 
Um, that's all good. Let's hop into some music news. Music news. Okay, yeah. What's going on in the world of music? Is there a new? Is there a new tour going on? Or is there a show this weekend? What's happening? Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. No live music. Not. No live music. Not quite. <laughs> yeah. No live music. Although the thing is, today is actually a very special day in which we do have some live music going on. Uh, today is. Uh, Wednesday, January 20th, and our new president is being sworn in currently in Washington, D.C. Um, at least last I checked he was. I don't know. Maybe that got interrupted somehow. But uh, he's supposed to be sworn in today. And uh, they have live music for him. Uh, the biggest news, I mean, there are a ton of artists playing there. I, I saw Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, uh, J-Lo. Holy shit. Um, but biggest all news today? is uh, During the inauguration? all today. Wow, for the inauguration that's a list of heavy hitters. It is, man. I think the most impressive one though is uh, '90s, early 2000s uh, uh, super group, the New Radicals, have reunited to play their hit single "You Get What You Give" at the inauguration. Are you? Do you know that song? Yeah, is that the one that's like? Dun, bun? yeah yeah don't let go you got the music dude so that song's dope and also the cover of that song that came out like last year a couple years ago or something is also super dope and i never knew that band was a super group uh they're not that was that was sarcastic oh gotcha okay okay (laughs) i see i see Yeah, yeah yeah i understand yeah, that's all right, though. I thought that was kind of cool that they were playing, um, and that's kind of a fun little song. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hit you with our first buzzword. I've decided um, use an onomatopoeia, so the little uh, boop, boop, boop. Uh, that's an onomatopoeia, um, so that is a drink for you. I'll go ahead and intro the game now for all the new listeners today. Uh, the buzzwords in the title, bands, beers, and buzzwords. Uh, I have 20 buzzwords. These are words, phrases, uh, musical tropes, and things that I'm going to be uh, baiting Aaron into saying. Every time he says one, he has to take a drink. I'm going to be drinking along with him. And I encourage you at home, uh, if you can do so in a safe and responsible way, to drink along with us too. Um, in fact, I'll cut here. And I will tell you what the buzzwords are this week. That way, uh, you know what they are and you can hear me bidding him in. Uh, but of course, you can't do anything about it. Kind of fun. So let's cut now. This week's buzzwords are mention use an onomatopoeia, talk about your middle school music taste, mention Motown, mention Adele, mention a band you used to be in, refer to an album made post-1990 as a record, use the phrase ahead of its time, Recite lyrics. Mention the Beatles. Mention Phil Spector. Say the word drink. Mention a part of a drum kit. Tell a drinking story. Describe a sound as warm. Mention a music video. Mention the Black Keys. Talk about jazz. Say vintage and say neo genre. All right, we're back. Uh, so those are the buzzwords again. Uh, be listening for those throughout the program here. Um, I think that's enough game and music news. Um, Aaron, why don't you tell us one more time what album you picked? And also, 
Who are you and why should we trust you? Okay, okay, hold on. Before we get to that, let me ask. We cut to announce the buzzwords. I wasn't involved. So are you baiting me into buzzwords that I am unaware of? So I I just say them them and then I, oh, I am aware of them? No, no, no. You you don't know them. Okay. The listeners know. (laughs) Okay, okay. And so you're saying that if I, if I can sense like, I'm not going to know what the buzzword is, but if I can sense that you're really trying to lead me down a path to say a word, I'm like, okay, this is, this is su- suspicious banter. Okay, I understand. I get it now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you won't <laughs> right know on. them. The audience will know them, so they can kind of be in on the joke. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, okay. So, uh, right. The album, again, is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Who am I? Uh, as I said before, my name is Aaron Stakonner. I'm a drummer, primarily. I have been playing drums for a little over 16 years. I've been a touring drummer. That's been my main gig, so to speak, since 2013. So, yeah, I play in bands, usually metal bands, rock bands, but um, my taste, both you know, playing and listening wise is definitely far more widespread than just the bands that I play for. So if for no other reason, that's probably why you should trust me is uh, because I'm, I haven't pigeonholed my, my music preferences, which I think is a thing that more people do than they like to admit. Um, I guess, you know, sort of going on a tangent here, but a lot of people you know, when you meet somebody and you say, oh, what kind of music do you like? And they say everything. I listen to everything and it's a fucking lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for for no other reason than that, that's why you should listen to me or that's why you should trust me rather <laughs> is that I have a, a very good eclectic music taste. Well, I, I agree with you, man. I, I think you're you hit it right on the head there. Um, sometimes when people say everything, they mean everything that gets played on the radio. Um, but I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, do you want to shout a couple bands that, uh, you used to play in? For sure. Yeah. So my, my band that I play in right now, that's the most important one, of course, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is called interloper, or if you're enunciating every syllable interloper, just, uh, for, you know, research typing purposes. But anyway, yeah, we just, announced uh that we signed to nuclear blast records um pretty big if not the biggest i think independent metal record label in the world um obviously not everybody listening is going to know it because not everybody's super into the metal world and whatnot um but they've got some heavy hitters like slayer is one of the bigger bands that's on the record label as far as you know widespread household name type band anyway um so that's my band that's my current band I've played for bands in the past, such as The Faceless, Born of Osiris, Rings of Saturn. Those are the biggest bands that I've played for over the past few years. I've toured with other bands, too, written music for other bands, too. Um, But yeah, that's what I've got going on. That is uh, quite the resume there, and I think only uh, bolsters your uh, why should we trust you section. Uh, I will stop you because that was bait. Uh, Name a band you used to be in is one of the buzzwords. That's not (laughs) even a word. That's just something to do. (laughs) 
Damn. Okay, that's harsh. I get it. I get it. It's a it's a very fucked up game. Okay. Understood. Yeah. It's any it's tropes. <laughs> it's words. It's actions. It's kind of whatever I want it to be. But uh, dude, it's super super funny. I I don't know if I told you this story, but I remember one time we were hanging out. I think it was like when I first met you over at your place, and um, you were like, "Yeah, I'm a metal drummer," and I was like, "Oh, here I I like I." texted mile drummer will heddle he's i think what episode five um will heddle he's a metal drummer too i texted him i'm like yo will do you know um the faceless born of osiris rings of saturn and he was like oh what the fuck like i love those bands they're so sick i'm like dude i'm kicking it with their drummer right now and he's like no way like let me uh he was like trying to find like demos of like his current metal band like dude show him these demos but like he he couldn't find them it was it was pretty funny man he he was uh very starstruck so yes you have uh played in some very legit bands that is very cool stuff yeah that's i mean you know i guess legit as far as uh metal world goes so yeah legit i guess i'm like very uh self self deprecating but uh thank you yeah i think I think it's pretty legitimate. I've had a lot of fun, you know, playing in those bands and touring around and doing doing cool shit that is, you know, what I dreamed of doing when I was a kid. Yeah, dude. That's so sick. Just literally living the dream. That's awesome, man. Well, I've got a lot of respect for it. I think most of the people that listen to this program are are musicians or at least very big music fans of some kind. So I think people will be stoked uh, to hear that. Um so yeah, dude, let's uh let's hop in, man. We're talking uh Amy Winehouse today, back to black. Uh why don't you tell me first and foremost, why did you choose this record? Big reason I chose the record is because I've been listening to it a lot lately. Um I think uh when you hit me up to do this podcast and you said, Yeah, so here's here's what we're doing. We center the conversation around an album and i feel like in the past i have a tendency to just overthink things like that you know when somebody asks me a question hey pick this i'm like oh my god i gotta you know pick the most perfect album i could ever think of like how about this one or you know i grew up on this one but this one shaped me this way and this one did this thing for my life and i (laughs) lately i've just kind of taken a more like fuck it approach like who who cares just because you know like nobody really is going to care about any decision I make as much as I do. So I was just like, uh, first thing that comes to mind, back to black. Okay, let's do it. Um, so that's, that's a big reason is just because I've been listening to it a lot and I wanted to, you know, just pick whatever came to my mind. And I mean, it's a fantastic record. Um, it's, I, I don't know, it's like a very legendary record to me. And it, I don't know, there's a lot to talk about from songwriting to production to you know the way amy sings things that have nothing to do with amy you know obviously she passed so she is um a legend in in and of itself just in that regard and also i mean i it's not that i necessarily have something to prove but you know uh, a lot of people that know me or follow me know that i'm primarily a metal drummer and i don't want to talk about a metal record you know i don't want to talk about something that people are going to expect me me to talk about like oh he talked about you know this opeth record or this faceless record or some big huge metal record like lamb of god you know which is dope i love all that shit but yeah i want to talk about something a little a little more um 
a little more based on like what I'm into, I guess, as far as listening goes. Yeah, I I feel that, man. I I totally get that vibe and I I think it's fun every now and then I have a guest who picks something that's a little bit um offbeat, a little bit uh different and it's it's always fun to get into those uh conversations. So I totally agree and I think you're absolutely right. To your point, this this album really has a lot going on in terms of the production and the the story behind it and kind of how it came together. Um do you want to jump into that? Talk a little bit about um, kind of the context of this album, how it was recorded, written, anything like that. I mean, dude, to be honest, I don't know a lot about it. Like, I don't know a lot about the history of the record, um, you know, how it was recorded, how it was written, anything like that. So if you want to, you know, get into that and shed some light on me, that's super dope. But I just I just picked it because I, I love it. Yeah, fuck yeah. We'll uh we'll we'll skip it. I I might bring up some stuff a little bit in here, but um we'll we'll skip to it. We'll skip to a different question. Um so obviously, you picked this album cuz it is an incredible album, pretty uh 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 pretty influential record, I would say in terms of like uh the sounds of pop to come in the uh in the uh years following this one. Um describe a little bit for the listeners you know, what does this album sound like? What are the influences? What What's the soundscape like? Man, if you're listening to this and I have to describe the sound of this record to you because you haven't heard it, that's a shame. So <laughs> before you hear me, you know, poorly describe what I think this album sounds like, you should just go listen to it. But it's, um, you know, it's, it's R&B. At the end of the day, you know, soul, I would say more so than just R&B. Um, very like, I don't know, her her earlier stuff was a little more like, uh, for lack of a better word, like jazz cafe type music. That's that's what the big influence, I would say, on this sound is like, you know, not just R- R&B soul, but very like jazz influence on that. One of the big things that I love about this, I I guess I'm kind of skipping over the whole like, you know, getting in depth as far as what the sound is, just because you, know, you can you can listen to it. But uh, one of the things I I really love, and this is kind of characteristic to the style, I would say, is how Amy, when she sings, isn't stuck to a rhythm. And what I what I mean by that is that she. She has a lot of weird placement. She starts phrases in weird parts of the measure that you wouldn't think, you know, to start a song at. Um, it's it's one of those things where, like, I'm trying to describe this in terms that a non-musician would understand, right? But yeah, when you're when you're listening to a song and you know you're nodding your head up and down and the lyrics fall in in line and repeat in phrases with each other that are like catchy and make sense and like are easy to follow along so that you know say like you're listening to a song for the first time or whatever and the first two times that you hear a line in the verse you don't know you know exactly what the rhythmic phrasing of that line is but then after you've heard it a couple times lines repeat over and over with the same pattern but different words and you kind of get used to it she doesn't always do that. She kind of throws you for a loop and you have to actually listen to the songs and learn them to, 
be able to follow along with with the words I would say um and at the same time it's still really catchy it's not like it doesn't give you a disjunct feeling it's just it's just a very cool very unique style it there's so much feeling imposed on the music that she puts into it it's it's not a lot of thinking and it's more just doing you know going with your gut and just like singing as as words come out and that's what i really love about it yeah dude um i'll i'll hit you real quick mention jazz is one of the buzzwords that is the drink for you um (laughs) (laughs) okay but uh yes dude you were you were so right her vocal delivery is so unique and and to talk a little more about jazz it reminds me of kind of that um like if you were to go listen to miles davis you know um on like so what obviously a big record a lot of people uh, a lot of people probably know that song um you know a big part of jazz was you know not playing directly on the beat you can kind of play outside of the beat and then later they were playing outside of the key even and and kind of doing this you know that's jazz right um so she totally has that jazz sensibility of i can sing when i want to and and deliver the line how i want to i don't have to be stuck to a uh very uh you know concrete rhythm and this and that um you know, she just kind of sends it how she wants to. It's, it's she's like miles up there with the trumpet. She's the lead instrument. She's going to paint her picture for you, you know, and, and, uh, the rest of the band is there to imply some sort of structure for her. Um, and she's performing. It's, it's really cool. Um, um, and, and just her vocal chops. I mean, even when she is singing directly on beats, um, she's got some serious, uh, chops, you know, her, her actual voice is, quite powerful really incredible and she certainly knows what to do with it um yeah well said man i will say the other thing too um it's definitely appreciated uh when you give the layman's version of things i try to do that too uh but just as a note in will's episode if you guys want to go back and listen to the listeners here uh he has a whole section where he broke down specifically like one of matt garska's uh you know polyrhythms on an animals as leaders record so if you want to get real deep in the weeds that's totally (laughs) allowed too (laughs) right on well hey i uh i appreciate the way you just elaborated on what i was trying to say (laughs) Some days words come to me better than others. I'm not as much of an idiot as it as it seems sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, you uh no, no, no. You you said what I was trying to get at with that whole um describing her vocal performance and everything. So uh yeah, thanks. Definitely, man. Um do you want to jump into a couple of the songs? Like, what are some standout tracks for you? We could we could go through track by track and say a little word about each one. Or if you want to just give me your couple favorites or highlights off the album. What are, what are your favorite tracks on this record? All of them. No. Um, <laughs> on this record, favorites are probably... I'll pick three. Probably... Uh, Tears dry. Well, tears dry on their own. I guess I'll just say the whole whole name for anybody listening. Yeah, tears dry on their own. Um, you know I'm no good, and the title track back to black. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. What about you? I was gonna say if if you want to jump into tears dry on their own, um, 
did did you pick up I was I was picking up um Marvin Gaye um Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Did you hear that on on Tears Dry on their own? Yeah, you know, now that you bring it up, I totally get that vibe. Yeah, for sure. Got a it's got the same kind of feel like the melody kind of goes to the same places for the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And kind of and the bass line it's also got that little like, uh, huh? That that bass line too, the little boom boop boom boop boom that kind of descending yeah. like two feel thing yeah that and um the backups in the chorus too yeah the backup yeah. vocals yeah which is super sick and that's something again Aaron's right if if you're listening to this episode and you have not heard this album yet you need to pause this shit get you know you're already on spotify pause this shit go listen to amy winehouse back to black but uh for those of you who don't know yet um this whole album has that kind of vibe if you're familiar with that sort of uh like aaron said that r&b kind of late 50s into the 60s uh, r&b feel this this whole album has a very um kind of old school vibe like that you know Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's uh the more modern spin on that old school vibe. And I I love, uh, I don't know, I feel like <clears throat> that's kind of a cliche descriptor, whether it's music or food. Food, I see that especially when they say, oh, it's a modern spin, blah, 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 on this classic, blah, 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 blah. You know, <laughs> like everybody says that shit. Um, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a lot of people use that to describe something that is kind of mediocre or you know it wasn't really done that well so they try to tie in like modern and and classic um so i really appreciate when people take influence from something old and try to recreate not like recreate a sound but recreate a feeling that's what i get when i think about art and when i think about music uh what inspires me and and what influences me in terms of what i'm writing when, you know, if I'm inspired by a song or inspired by a band or a style, I'm not inspired by that in the sense that I am taking what they wrote and, you know, trying to recreate that song. I'm, I'm trying to recreate the feeling that that song gives me. And I want people to feel that same feeling when they listen to the song that I write, you know, based on that inspiration. So um, that's, that's kind of how I feel this record is it's it's a very well done execution of that idea that everybody's trying to do of taking a classic something and putting a modern spin on it and uh, i think it was executed perfectly yeah yeah Uh, that's such a good point too from the songwriting perspective of uh i i i kind of find the same thing where it's it's way more effective to say like i want to have a a moment like this like you listen to a song and you hear some cool moments some cool things some cool feeling you get from it and then you study like well why did I feel that way how did it give me that how do I include a moment a feeling like that in my song as opposed to I'm going to take this same chord progression and uh put it you know a, a half step higher and just you know now it's different like you know that's a little bit uh hacky as opposed to like, you know, why, why did I like this? Let's, let's dig into that. So that's, that's a excellent point from a songwriting perspective. And it's refreshing to hear a drummer say that too. <laughs> drummer <laughs> joke. Right. Drummer <laughs> joke. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, 
Hey, I don't know if I dropped this one on Will's episode, but how do you know there's a, a drummer knocking on your door? The knocking speeds up and slows down. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard every one of these. I, I already know, man. You've heard every one of these. Yeah, dude. If you can, if you can throw me a new one, I will be very impressed. Yeah, I, I, I probably won't. That's <laughs> you probably know them all. Let's talk <laughs> about. Um, you mentioned as well. Um, let's see, what was the other one? Tears dry on their own. Um, well, we just talked about that. No, what was yeah, the yeah. other one? You said tears dry on their own. Uh, the title track, and there was one other. Um, yeah, it was. was it? You, you know, know, I'm you no know, good. I'm no good, uh-huh, right? Yeah. Dude, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that one. Um, because I feel like the opening track, Rehab, great opening track, totally sets the tone for the whole album. Kind of has this 12-bar bluesy uh chorus. You got the big, you know, nice Wurlitzer on there, you know, totally sets the whole vibe. She even mentions the words uh I've been black, and she mentions tears drying on their own. It's total like setup for the whole album. Really mm-hmm. cool, really grand. Uh, but then she drops into you know I'm no good, and this one's kind of like down and dirty. Like, like what, what Dude, do you think of this one? Why is this is, one of your favorites, bro? <laughs> that's the perfect way to describe it, man. Down and dirty, you know, just starts with this like funky drum, you know, and then and then the bass kicks in doing that, and it's just like nice and gritty. It's not like it's not corny, you know, because uh uh. A groove, an intro like that can be super corny, um, and it's just fucking not. It's just good. It's just good. And then, you know, same thing um, with uh, what I was saying earlier about the vocal delivery and how she isn't always on the beat, and she just kind of like, you know, she will drag and just let it kind of like flow and, and come out. And... Like you just mentioned, uh, rehab being being such a great opener, um, a lot of that is you know very on time and very on the beat. Not all of it, you know, like a lot of when she says no, no, no in in the chorus of that tune, she's she's kind of like really really dragging out those no's. But anyway, um, I would say it's it's a little more straight ahead, like a little more straightforward of a song. And then yeah, you know I'm good. She's just or you know I'm no good. She's just really like put in this just a drag just like a but you know i'm kind of like <laughs> yeah. squinting i'm i'm making like a kind of like a stank face right now about it yeah um and it's just this like very locked in very you know like heavy deep groove and then she's just um i don't know dude i don't know why i love i love the the verse so much but it's just the way she's singing on top of the music and the way her voice sounds is just magic. And I think, um, you know, I mean, if maybe you'll be better at articulating what I'm trying to say, just like you were earlier. But on the same token, sometimes I actually like when I can't quite describe why I love something so much. Because, I mean, you know, right there, the proof is in the pudding that uh, it's it's the feeling that it gives me, you know. Like, a lot of people will ask, too, especially... Um, it's kind of a digression, but whatever. Especially being in the metal world, for some reason, there's this huge thing where people are dumbfounded and a lot of times disgusted when you like some other type of music that is not metal. I don't know why. But anyway, <laughs> um, that exists. And so I've had a lot of people, friends or fans or other musicians that I've worked with, question 
dude, how do you like that music? Like that pop song or that rap song or this trap music? How do you like that? Why do you like it? And a lot of times I say, I don't know. I just do. And I think that's the best reason, in my opinion, is I just do. It just makes me feel good, you know? At the end of the day, if, if, if music makes me move and if music makes me feel something, I like it. That, I, I, I love that, dude. And I, I think it's funny that, um, you know, coming from a, a musician of your caliber and, and level of success, too, um, to hear that is, is uh, very encouraging, I feel like. Uh, I feel like people uh, should be taking notes on stuff like that, man. I think there's something to be had. Like, no matter what kind of music you're listening to, there's something to be learned, something to be had from that. And, um, you know, refusing to listen to a certain style of music is just depriving yourself of, of resources. It's like, don't you want to be a better musician? So listen to some stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. another point too, uh, uh, (laughs) funny story. I used to work for a, a car rental company and I have this vivid memory of hopping into a car one time to move it. And you know, the customer had left the radio on and I hop in and the song's going and I'm like, oh shit, like this is a cool song. Like this kind of fucking goes. It kind of had this like uh, almost like dance hall, uh, almost like Latin feel to it too. Um, and I was like really grooving to it. I get out my phone and I Shazam it real quick. And it was like a Jonas Brothers song. And I felt like so silly. I was like, oh my God, wait, I was just like grooving to a Jonas Brothers song. But then I was like, well, fuck it. Like who cares? Like I enjoyed it. Like I, I didn't know who it was and I legitimately enjoyed it. Like that's something I have to like accept and be like, dude, like maybe Jonas brothers has some sick stuff going on. Like in spite of what you may think of them, right? Like me, it's like, Oh no, like, you know, Frank Zappa or something, you you know, I want to be like as gnarly as possible, but dude, like there's something to be said for even like the most, uh, blatantly pop music out there. There's still something to be had there. So I, I, I completely see where you're going with that. And I totally agree with that. Dude. I, uh, I have rejected the phrase guilty pleasure. And whenever somebody either asks me a guilty pleasure or else, you know, a song comes on and that that they like and they say, "Oh, yeah, this is my guilty pleasure song." And I and I I question that. I say, "Why are you guilty about that?" And they try to say, "Oh, well this and that or, you know, a lot of people don't like it or, you know, a lot of people make fun of it. And I'm like, so what? Like, I I have no guilty pleasure bands, artists, music, nothing. Like, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel guilty about anything that I like and that I think sounds good. No, fuck no, man. It's, it's funny because I, I know you like this record too. You mentioned, we've talked about this, but I used to tell people my guilty pre- pleasure was uh, songs about Jane Maroon 5 mm-hmm. until I, until I, I kind of had the same epiphany where I was like, well, why is it a guilty pleasure? That's legitimately good music. Like, I don't <laughs> you know. Why Dude. is it a guilty pleasure? Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe people like to clown on Adam Levine for that, like, you know, boy band kind of like persona oh, sure, thing. But- or maybe, you know, people like to clown on Maroon 5 for the newer stuff. Because, I mean, in my opinion, it a lot of the newer stuff is, like, it's not bad necessarily. But I think a lot of it's kind of corny. And it's kind of, like, run-of-the-mill, you know, like, producer-made right. pop that just, like, to me, it's nothing spectacular. And that's part of what makes that corny, right? Because I feel like, you know, pop pop can be very... um. 
I I'm searching for another word for corny, but uh, my brain is in a full capacity today. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's another word to describe it for sure. Not quite like the realm of what I'm speaking, but either way, yeah, you know, like it, it can be very not that sick. <laughs> it yeah. can be very um old and contrived when you're listening to it. And um, I think that's what I love about pop music so much is that when it's good, it's really, really good because it's so easy to make a pop song sound good without being really good. You know, like you can make a decent pop song, not, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't think it's crazy hard to make like a decent pop song, but it's going to end up being corny. But you know, like you're working with like simple song structure, short songs, simple instrumentation, catchy melodies, good hooks, you know, so like. To write something decent is not that crazy, in my opinion, but to write a great pop song, to write a hit, to write something that's going to stand the test of time, and yada, 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 is not, is not an easy feat. So, you know, um, anyway, Maroon 5 songs in, in the more recent past, I feel, are just, you know, good. I don't, I don't think they're great, but songs about Jane, those songs are great. Those, those, those songs are fucking fantastic, dude. They're they're really good and it's it's funny too to to look at where the band was too like um you know songs about Jane that's that's a that's an album by a band that's like bunch of young dudes coming up in like the L A music scene which L A I mean shit it, that's it's not easy man like there are so many people so many talented people so many people who aren't that talented but are super cutthroat too in L A. Uh, and mm-hmm. here's Maroon Five coming up and putting out a really good album where like every single song, like you said, kind of has that X factor of like a great pop song. Um, really impressive stuff, man. That's a great album. This this album too. I mean, Amy Winehouse, you totally put into the realm of pop. Um, and yet I I think still she's doing something way more. Like she's elevating that that uh that art form. You know, I think there's a lot of bands too that came after her not that far after her too kind of immediately after her that sort of uh copied her style in a way and and did it really well too but i don't know like what what uh what other bands do you think kind of followed this that had a similar sound or or followed in her footsteps to an extent i don't know that i could tell you to be honest um i'm not really sure i haven't done a lot of you know digging and and getting into the the dirt of this album and what followed it and whatnot. I mean, if I'm if I'm taking a guess, right? Uh, because the album came out, I think in 2006, I believe. I would say probably that a lot of the pop music that followed maybe had a little bit more of that like R&B soul edge, and then maybe a lot of like the R&B soul music that followed had a little bit more of that pop catchy edge. Um, that's just you know. Basin. I mean, I haven't, you know, I'm sure if we actually went in and did the research and looked at, okay, bands, you know, like between 2006 and 2012, or sorry, artists, you know, pop artists and, and music that was being made at that time. Um, I'm sure a lot of it was influenced in that way. Um, just like, uh, just like how, what's the album? Um, Pure Heroin by Lord. Uh, oh, yeah. Dude, how fucking influential that album was like after that came out you know everything at the time that was happening before that record was you know the very powerful very bright very uh high register 
female vocal, high energy pop songs. And now, dude, fucking all these all these artists and all these songs that are coming out nowadays that are like these chill, low, brooding, you know, mellow, haunting, soothing, ambient female vocal type pop songs. I mean, dude, Billie Eilish, that style wouldn't exist oh, yeah. without Lord, in my opinion. Um, and yeah. tons of, you know, tons of artists like that. Uh, Broods, Banks, um, uh, Purity Ring, you know, tons of stuff like that is is because of what Lord did. But uh, yeah, so I'm sure that we could find things like that, you know, based off of Amy. Um, and yeah, you know, like like what you were saying, it is kind of a pop record too. It's like it's really catchy. It's got a little bit more of like those those kind of hooks, um, centered around like what what pop does. So again, you know, a modern take on a classic dish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like speaking of of catchy hooks and and pop stuff i mean this song you know i'm no good i mean that's what it's like dude all of it are just like the fucking best rhymes dude like the best rhymes and just like the best catchy feel-good melodies that it's just so easy to sing along to um it's just just like fucking line after line that's just like damn that was that was so well written both in melody and uh in lyric yeah, to your point, there. I actually wrote down in, in my notes here a couple lines that kind of stood out to me. And one of them, it was something along the lines of like, uh, when I, and then when I walked out the door, you you uh, tore me down like Roger Moore. And I thought yeah. it was so appropriate to be referencing like James Bond. Like, you know, so many of these songs have that, uh, you know, almost Bond film uh, kind of 60s uh, uh, lounge music uh but with like the slapped uh slap back verbed out kind of cool vibe to him that spy film like i it's so perfect so spot on that she mentions that and how her man uh sniffed her out like tanqueray and yeah stuff, like i love that dude yeah like it's 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 so perfect like these uh gin drinks and james bond and i'm i'm cheating on my man and kind of uh yeah it's so perfect man it it gives it that uh you know, uh, uh, covert, uh, you know, it's this covert affair she's having with someone and, uh, you know, she feels like a spy almost undercover. It's kind of, uh, it's a really interesting take on it. I was going to say too, little fun fact about this one. There's apparently a version of this song. I haven't heard it. There's a version of this song where it's, uh, it, uh, they take out Amy's vocals and Ghostface Killer raps over it, raps over the instrumentals. Um, really? Yeah, which actually it I my jaw dropped when I saw that because it totally reminds me a previous episode I did with a friend of mine, Sophia. She picked an album called Sour Soul. It's Ghostface Killa rapping over Bad Bad Not Good instrumentals. And like if you like the instrumentals on this album, but you want to hear Ghostface Killer rap over it? Uh, check out Sour Soul by Bad Bad Not Good Ghostface Killer. Go check out. I need to plug that episode too. <laughs> I think it's, I think six or seven. I kind of forget which episode that is. But uh, with Sophia Farino, she she talks all about that album. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. So had to plug that. Sour, bad bad, and Ghostface Killer. Okay, I'm looking this up. So what? Uh, I'm looking at this right now. You're saying this is the one that has him rapping over 
you know, I'm no good. I'm not seeing it here. No, that's, that's, oh, okay. no, no, no. So this is a totally different project. Um, mm. the, the one with bad, bad, not good is just like, it's all bad, bad, not good instrumentals. And then he raps over it. It's oh, like just I see. Total okay. Collab. And then, but like in a very similar vein, uh, there's apparently a version of, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm no good. Amy Winehouse where it's, uh, Ghostface Killer rapping over it, so similar like concept. Um, ah, but that, okay. The, the Amy Winehouse version, I believe, was earlier than this Bad Bad Not Good project, so maybe it kind of spawned uh, this project. Who knows? But uh, similar, similar vibe there. Super cool. Super cool. Okay, yeah, I'm entirely unfamiliar with Bad Bad Not Good and Ghostface Killer actually. Oh, dude. Well, you got to check it out. Ghostface, of course, was uh, in Wu-Tang Clan. Um, so you want to hear some classic like East Coast. I mean, those guys love to rap over jazzy beats anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bad Bad Not Good are a, a kind of like neo jazz R&B. Uh, are they a quartet or quintet? I forget. A uh, group of guys from Canada who are very, very talented. And, uh, and uh, Ghostface Killer gets to rap over there instrumentals it's it's similar instrumentals to this amy winehouse record uh but with rapping over it kind of thing it's it's super cool and it's a little more jazz inspired i would say but it's super super cool i'll have to put that on the list save it to my library yeah Yeah. um dude what what was the the final song you said oh the title track back to black yeah yeah let's uh let's let's talk about that man what what are your thoughts on that why is that one of your top three songs so before i get to that i and i i'm sure you have things like this to happen in your life too with music where there's there are artists or like there's an album in particular that you love so much and you've been listening to for years and years and years and you know Whenever you get reminded about it, you listen to that album on repeat for weeks, if not months. And then, you know, it kind of phases out. And then a little bit later, like half a year later or a year later or two years later, whatever, you are reminded of that record. And then you go back to it and you're just like, you're back on that cycle. You're back in that phase and and you're listening to it over and over and over. So that's what this album kind of is to me, which is really cool because there aren't too many albums like that. You know, there are probably less than 20 albums in my life, maybe even less than 10. I'm I'm not exactly sure that, uh, you know, when I'm reminded of it, I just immediately go back and listen to and binge. So that's what this record is for me. And the reason uh, that I was reminded of this last time, um, as far as just you know, so like like what what sparked that inspiration to listen to Amy again in the recent weeks was um, there's this guy I believe his name is Sam Fender. Have you heard of him? I don't think so. No. Yeah, so he's like an indie rock artist. Um, pretty cool stuff. But I follow uh my drum endorser Tama. I follow them of course on Instagram. And one time they posted this thing of this drummer and some pretty cool you know. So I kind of went down like a click rabbit hole and this drummer played for this guy sam fender and i was you know just kind of looking stuff up online how you can very easily do you know falling into that again rabbit hole and they do this really really cool cover of back to black i mean it's it's uh 
it's not at all in the same energy or style. It's like very brooding, very dark, very fucked up, which is so cool because, you know, I love I love when people can take a song and take the lyrics and, you know, like, I mean, Back to Black, it's, you know, it's, I would say it's one of the darker ones on the record, but it's still, you know, it's got like that upbeat, you know, kind of like, um, what's the word right now? I, 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 I can't think of it. Not, not stompy. But um, Marchy kind of it has I I noted <laughs> I noted um, on this one it has that uh, the like kick drum tambourine part I yeah. feel like that beat is like that's one thing you can point to specifically that so many bands did like I was trying to bait you into this but I feel like the Black Keys um, within a couple years of this were doing some very similar stuff which the Black Keys are fucking incredible especially their early stuff like Thick Freakness like oh my god that's so fucking legit but especially you get you get into like the Brothers era that kind of uh, like uh, stomp tambourine like the the kick drum tambourine part I feel like that specifically is like I heard that and I was like dude I've heard this in so many pop songs in like the last 10 years you know but this was like 15 years ago you know what I mean yeah and uh a thing to note that's really cool about that gro- that groove you're referring to as well with the kick and, and the tambourine is that it's on four it's not on two and four and it's and it's and it's not on three you know um until the chorus i believe so yeah that that's that's a really cool um i don't know i love when when people make those kind of grooves work because they're obviously much less common um but yeah so it's got that vibe right and then in the in this cover that this guy sam fender does he you know you 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 take the same lyrics and put it in a totally different context and you look at the song way different and you're like wow this song is a lot darker than i than i realized this song is a lot more fucked up than i realized because the you know original context i heard it in was like a little more upbeat and it wasn't necessarily hopeful but the way amy sings it is more like a pissed off way like yo fuck this guy who did this fucked up shit to me but the way that this other guy in his rendition was more like a sad from like a meek hurt like depressive state you know like somebody like crying from their bedroom and and amy's version is as if she's like rocking up to the bar to like fuck some shit up so uh i love i love when people can take you know different lyrics and turn them into something else but i especially love when somebody's lyrics are that malleable you know like you can you can take them and put them in any situation and invoke any feeling that you want you know you have like your your message is clear but vague enough to um you know leave room for interpretation yeah i i want to speak on that i uh gotta hit you 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 hit two one i forgot to call you out (laughs) on at first but uh recite lyrics and then mention a part of a drum kit um (laughs) that's two of them for you (laughs) you did it first (laughs) bitch I you did, but that's it. Me. That's the I, I can bait <laughs> <Yeah>. you in. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Sometimes I'll say the things to like plant the seed to see if I can get you to repeat it. Anyways, yeah. the um, uh, you're so right. The lyrical content, because for instance, this song, the it, it's the title track. It's the name of the album. We've all heard, you know, the phrase "back to black," and um, I I didn't realize like maybe this is a little bit of naivety. I didn't realize a lot of people took that to to mean her her heroin addiction 
and it's it's funny to hear the song and it is it's very defiant and throughout the album she's very defiant very strong um uh but then you hear like well this man did this stuff to me now i'm i'm back to black it's like this man hurting me has driven me back to using heroin it's like and there are so many like funny moments like that if you listen carefully to the lyrics throughout the album where she's kind of putting on this strong face and and being super badass but she kind of like reveals here and there these moments of like um like self-destruction or like self-depreciation or um moments of like weakness or vulnerability she she lets it show here and there and sometimes she's actually very obvious about it she's actually very upfront about it but even then the way she sings it will kind of confuse you it makes you think no she's super strong super confident this and that um even though she's directly telling you no i i made a mistake i did something stupid i fucked up i i hurt myself i i you know uh back to back to um um you know i'm no good she says i cheated myself she never says like i cheated on you she says i cheated myself it's like she's straight up like not only did i hurt this guy but uh, more than anything i i fucked myself over here this was a fuck up but it it at no point does it sound like she's shit talking herself she's always so strong and so confident and it's 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 very telling like it's it's you know looking back on what we know about her now and and her passing and and her struggles and things it's it's you know this album becomes very very deeply autobiographical it's like i'm going to put on this strong face but uh deep down and maybe not even deep down in your face there are some really big problems but it's kind of obscured by this uh confidence this persona like i'm going to push through it's it I kept thinking about that the whole time I was listening to this. It was super interesting, made the whole album really, really poignant, you know? Yeah, it's so honest and so authentic, transparent, genuine, all of the things that make great art great, in my opinion. Um, And that's probably why these things, you know, like she's just, she lays it all out. So even you know, in times of um, expressing feelings of uncertainty, she doesn't seem uncertain because she's being honest. She's telling you, like, she's absolutely certain that she's willing to share all this personal information. And that's what makes it so strong and so powerful. Right. Right. Um, another question for you do you remember when you first heard this album you mentioned this kind of has like some sort of sentimental value or reminds you of some time in your life if you're if you are comfortable talking about that time what what does this take you back to dude i don't remember when i first listened to this album and actually became a fan obviously you know i'm sure i've heard songs over the years all the time you know rehab of course i think the the furthest back that I can remember though, and this may be it, I'm not sure, but I I was on tour when I was in that band Rings of Saturn and I had had Valerie stuck in my head, which is not on Back to Black. Um, it's on the B sides of it. But anyway <clears throat> I uh which I thought was weird for like a quick second when I found that out and then I realized that the tone of that song is so different. It doesn't really fit, you know, like the the full cut of the record. So I think I kind of appreciate that. But anyway, 
So, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I was on tour and I, I don't know, maybe I had heard that song recently or for some reason it was stuck in my head. So I put it on and then I was just listening to her a lot. And like when I would drive in that band, you know, we would like take, take driving shifts. And I was listening to her a lot. And I think it was then that was maybe, maybe back in like 2000, fuck dude, 2016, 2017, something like that was probably when I started to really get into her. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I have like vague, vague memories of like what exactly has sparked me to want to listen to her, you know, back and forth over and over. But she's just one of those artists that I love listening to. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It it's it sets a, a nice vibe too outside of just listening for recreation. Like um, you know, sometimes if I have like like a little gathering at the house, like the last little little get together I threw, um, I had her playing, you know, over my Bluetooth speaker or like sometimes I'll just like get home late at night and like I really wanna bake, you know? Um right. so I'll just like put on Amy Winehouse and just like set it on my counter and just like start baking and I'm just like so fucking relaxed and so peaceful and so in that moment and vibing. Um it's great. I love it for that. That's perfect, man. I think that's those are some great moments to uh, you know, conjure up with this album. That's that's beautiful. Um dude, I'm going to I'm going to jump into the uh fast-paced questions and trivia here if you're ready to do so is there anything else you want to say about this album before we do that uh no we covered those three songs the rest of the album's trash no i'm just kidding yeah let's go (laughs) for it let's full speed ahead hell yeah all right let's do it um let's jump into the uh let's jump into the fast-paced questions first so these are going to be kind of stream of consciousness just first thing first situation whatever that comes to mind uh number one how should someone listen to this album for the first time however they want i don't think it has to be in a car or on vinyl or whatever you know just uh just fucking listen to it you know you can listen to it with your friends you don't have to just sit alone and dissect it you know that's uh really the fucking cool thing about this album and the cool thing about the best albums that exist in my opinion is that they are able to be put on in the background and enjoyed and also you can intently listen and catch things that you never would if you weren't paying attention um so it is suited for any environment Agreed, dude. I, I'm uh, I'm kind of like you. I had heard a number of these songs uh, just in various situations before I listened to the whole album, and they were sick just casually in the background or what have you. But yeah, sitting down and listening to this song by song and digging in, there is so much there for you to dig into. I, I totally agree. little fun fact for you here. I thought you would find this interesting. Uh, did you know that, uh, that uh, the drums on this song were recorded with only one microphone? What? Yeah. It, they didn't yeah. even have like one for the whole kit and then like one for the kick drum? No, it was one mic what? for the whole kit. That's so dude. sick, dude. Wow, I got to look into that. See, bro, I love that we picked this album because like you're actually enlightening me. Like I said at the beginning, I don't really know much about it. I just I just like listening to it and, you know, like watching live live uh, videos of it, but I don't, I haven't delved much further into that. So I'm going to have to, especially because it's so iconic. 
Yeah, it's pretty incredible, dude. Like just just for context, like when you mic your kit up, like typically how many mics do you have on your kit? I mean, I I've got I've got spots on every drum and then I've got overheads and then I'm, you know, uh commonly do hat and ride, you know, so yeah. That's a lot more <laughs> than one. Yeah. But you know, I mean, to be fair, playing rock and playing metal is is a much different production style you know um so one microphone works for this kind of music for sure you know i mean a lot of the fucking old jazz stuff back in the day one mic recorded the entire band playing just in the center of the room and that was that and i love that too right right exactly you see videos of guys like even on like if you watch like grand old opry like the tv show it's like guys are the singers up there singing and then he has to step aside so the fiddle player can step up to the mic to take his solo it's just the one mic it's uh, it's beautiful but yeah um, yeah one mic technique is fun I've, i've tried it before it was actually i put the mic about eight inches away from my drummer's right knee down, down by the kind of the, the kick drum and the Tom, like kind of right in between there by his right knee, surprisingly decent sound. I, I suck at mixing drums, but it's kind of cool. You should try it sometime. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, definitely would like to get into that dude. Just like talking about like, like this whole conversation is just making me hate metal more and more. No, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely will have to. <laughs> Welcome back, John, to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back. Yo, we can switch host roles after the bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> We've had John on this podcast before. We're thrilled to have him back. <laughs> I just keep coming back, man. I, I just, <laughs> just keep pod coming back. <laughs> can't, can't, pod can't seem to get rid of me here. I <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Anyways. Um, um, are we on to the rapid fire again? rapid fire yes back to the rapid fire rapid fire with pauses in it uh (laughs) have you ever (laughs) listened to this album under the influence and you can plead the fifth here if you'd like yeah yeah i have the last time uh yeah i mean i've i've been drinking you know at home and listened to it um while cooking or whatever, I've been driving super drunk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not driving super drunk, <laughs> uh, but uh, just totally kidding. Last time, uh, the last little little gathering I had, like I said, where I had, um, where I had her playing in in the background, I was drinking and smoking weed and uh, got got pretty fucked up. Um, so I was listening to it under the influence. Yeah. I feel that man. I have memories uh, back in college. My old college band, our keyboard player had uh, had this record, and he would put on side B of it sometimes before we would practice. We would sit down and and game plan, and he would put this on. And uh, you know, occasionally before band practice, uh, the uh, band members uh, indulge in certain things and wind up under the influence. So yeah, for sure, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next question. This one's actually. Uh, this is kind of a. Very poignant one, actually. I, I I wrote it as a lighthearted thing, but uh, what were they smoking when they made this album? Oh, like if, um, if you could describe, that's a little poignant. That's a little too close to home, but uh, like kind of like uh, if this album was was a drug, what would it be, sort of thing? Oh, if this album was a drug, yeah. Hmm. I mean, 
probably heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Appropriate. Yeah. Appropriate. Yeah. Again, that one, that one, that specific question actually but, uh, does hit pretty close to home for this one. Right. But, yeah. but um, actually, honestly, if it weren't that, though, and I mean, I say that just because of, you know, the um, the topics, but I feel like realistically alcohol, alcohol and, and maybe cigarettes is probably the biggest vibe I get from it. I feel that too, man. It's kind of that, mean, yeah, down and dirty, slap back, reverby. It's a little bit drunk. It's it's loose. It kind of has a loose feel at times. Yeah, cool yeah, like dude. That. It's it's. A, I mean, it's tight and loose at the same time. It's like, it's um, very just feely, like very dancey. You know, like you want to move your hip to this album. It's not like, it's not tight in the sense of like, a, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's no point in 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 going on because we have uh already hit the nail on the head yeah um well next question is uh highly related if this album were a beer what kind of beer would it be damn if this album were a beer what kind of beer would it be yeah um fuck probably some some british light beer equivalent to like fucking you know yeah, PBR, or Coors Light, or some shit. It's definitely not an IPA. Definitely not that, a man. stout. Definitely not, you know, anything like that. <laughs> it's a, it's a gritty. Let's get fucked up kind of beer. Yeah, dude. I, in fact, Amy apparently while she was kind of writing this album, um, she was spending a lot of time at little kind of local pubs around Camden Town in London. Um probably just drinking cheap beer in fact when i was in london years ago I, I we actually went into this pub and they had some little plaque on the wall like oh amy winehouse uh played music here before she was famous or something and it was just this little you know crappy little pub we were getting yeah cheapest beers on the menu th- th- total total amy winehouse vibe really cool i love it so man. sick dude yeah yeah i wonder if she drank just like straight liquor, you know, like gin on ice, vodka on ice, whatever. She seems like the kind of chick, man. And especially yeah. throughout, she's referring to like you you sniff me out like Tanqueray. Like she's probably just gin on ice. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I would hope. I would hope. Yeah. Um. Next question. Would you get intimate to this album? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. In fact, I'm surprised <laughs> I haven't. Honestly, I, I I really don't know why I haven't. Maybe I'm saving it for someone special. I don't know, but yeah, of course. Hell yeah, man! I I've got to say this is probably the sexiest album I've had yet on this program. I've I've asked that to every single person who's come on here, and it's like, uh, like you think I'm gonna get intimate to like modest mouse lonesome crowded west like are you fucking kidding me like that's so like depressing or like (laughs) you want me to get intimate to like like prog metal that's in like a weird time signature like what like (laughs) this is by far the sexiest album we've had so it's a good job there (laughs) dude i uh speaking of prog metal (laughs) i did i did sleep with this chick uh, a couple of months ago and she was she was really into into you know like metal and like a lot of the kind of metal that I've played or even like bands that I've toured with and stuff. And, um, I don't know. I wanted to put on something, you know, not like, not like the epitome of like sex music, but you know, I wanted to put on something a little more vibey 
and she just like kind of wanted to listen to metal and it was uh i don't know i wasn't into it (laughs) (laughs) that's so gnarly (laughs) (laughs) yeah sexiest metal hmm if i had to have sex to metal i would probably put on a sabbath like probably some some sabbath stuff i think that's as close as i could get bro because at least on those early sabbath records they they give you little breaks where they do uh like what's like planet caravan and stuff like you get little breaks here yeah (laughs) well bro have you ever listened to deftones though have you have you gotten into into them uh no i haven't well number one you should number two that is a great band to have sex with for sure uh have sex with (laughs) to have sex too while listening to (laughs) hit Um, them up like hey guys what are you doing later Uh, (laughs) right um no but their 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 music is is really sexy actually um and it's it's heavy you know it's not it's not like tech or extreme metal you know it's it's just like heavy um really good shit that's dope dude i love that um next question are numbers created or discovered numbers yeah it depends on how you look at it or define it how how do you look at it how do you define it oh man well there's no right or wrong answer, just whatever you want well, to say. Yeah, so I mean, you know, if if you're here with me <clears throat> in this room that I'm in and we are, you know, the same species, right? Homo sapien. So there are two of these Homo sapiens here. Like that that exists no matter what. You know, and just the name that we call it. You know, we created a sound, we created a name we created a you know a a symbol an an icon that we write down on paper or 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 type in a phone to represent what the existence of these two beings are but um yeah i'm i I'm, I'm going to go with found or di- uh, discovered you said yeah i'm i'm going to go yeah. with discovered i dig it dude i dig it that's a great question. It it I've heard I've had both on the program. Both sides explained to me. In fact, it's fun. I had two different was it two different STEM majors? I believe it was two different STEM majors uh explained like one of them was totally convinced of discovered and the other one was totally convinced of um created and they were both able to give really compelling uh explanations in like highly technical terms it was it was really impressive anyways fun question uh this this one's a little more fun does a man with one lung get more high or less high off of one bong rip (laughs) (laughs) fuck (laughs) um I'm going to assume that he's intaking the same amount of smoke slash air. Um, and yeah, in that one, case, one bong rip is a, it, that is a controlled unit of measurement. Yeah, exactly. He's taking precisely uh-huh. one bong rip. <laughs> right. So I'm going to go with, with, uh, he gets more high. Cause it's more smoke in the, in the one lung. Yeah. It's and it's like per he, lung. Yeah. And you're not able to, you know, like disperse it among lungs. And then, you know, there's less mixture of like oxygen and smoke, 
you know, disperse between the two lungs because it's just in one. So there's less space for oxygen to go, you know, so that's... Yeah, higher higher yeah. mixture in the... Okay. Yeah, exactly. I dig it, dude. I dig it. That's one, too, that I, I ask everybody, and it's like, I feel like we could look up the answer to that. Like, I feel like medically there is an answer, but I haven't done it yet. No one's been able to tell me, like, definitively I know how that works. Um, yeah. So it's another kind of fun philosophical one. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like... I feel like, you know, if you if you think about it simply, like, say just this this unit of measurement of smoke, you know, fills up 50 percent of of one lung. Right. All right. So you've got 50 percent smoke, 50 percent oxygen. But if you have two lungs, you know, it fills up 25 percent each lung. So there's 75 percent left per lung of oxygen. So it's just it just seems like it would make a little more sense. But I mean, I could be fucking wrong as hell. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel it, dude. I feel it. It's it's hard because I've I've had other people talk about well, there's if there's only one lung, there's only half as many kind of like receptors, right? So it's like yeah. But I almost wonder. Actually, I feel like now that I think about it, because your your thing kind of makes sense. It's like more smoke in the one lung, but there's half the number of receptors compared to two lungs. Uh, but it is a higher concentration. I I wonder if the third way is he gets exactly as high as a normal guy. Right. How about yeah. that? You've got you've to start adding in that way as like a bonus. Or, or just wait to see if people, you know, say, oh, I think it's half. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's, that's hard. That's actually that. I'm going to have to think about that some more now. I've asked that so many times. I need to actually like sit down and re-ponder that one. Anyways, mm. um, that's it, man. That is my last question for you. Are you ready to move on to the trivia section? Sure. It's time for trivia. All right. First trivia question for you. What year did the album come out? Back to Black? Yeah. 2006, I believe. Boom, you got it, man. All right, next trivia question. What was the bonus track on the album that was uh, originally only included in the UK pressings of the album? Uh, the drums were only recorded with one mic. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that the answer to all these questions? <laughs> i wish no, man i, I that actually would have been funny like like put your drummer skills to the test how many mics were used uh to record the drum where was the mic positioned what kind of mic? no uh the answer is addicted the song addicted was originally a bonus track oh i didn't know that it was originally a bonus track that makes sense though i'm pretty sure that's the last song on the record and i would say it was like the most uh the most different in my opinion it's a it's a pretty strange song. Yeah, it's all about like smoking weed and stuff. It's it it kind of when I read that it made the album make a little more sense to me because song ten, um, he can only hold her kind of has the uh, the most like resolution at least lyrically. Like it seems like she's kind of um, overcome. She is she is uh, sort of finally overcome and succeeded and and beaten her problems almost. And then eleven song eleven comes in and it's all about like don't be like trying to get free weed from me kind of thing. It's like, where's this mm -hmm. coming from? So it almost yeah, makes yeah. sense. Like song, song 10 is like the true end of the album. 
And then 11 is the like silly end of the album almost. Dude, but, I um, love doing that actually. Um, there's uh, the full length album that my band Interloper is putting out in a few months. I structured the track list and that's kind of how it is. Like the last song is, is it's the longest one on the record. Well, sorry, the second to last song. It's 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 the longest one, and it's like a true closing song. It's like very, it's um very dark, and you know ends like kind of somber. Like like it's it's a quote unquote triumphant ending, but it's eh, triumphant isn't isn't the right word. Um, like it's a you know very strong, powerful ending, but it's like it's not hopeful, and it's um you know it's a very somber feeling. It's a uh, very melancholy. And it's just like a very proper ending, you know, but it can also be a very cliche ending. So uh, the track after that is the fastest and it's like, I mean, it's a fucking ripper. It's just like balls to the walls, grip it and rip it. Like, let's fucking go, you know, like and um, very just like cut and dry ending. And I love that it ends that way because it's just like, you know, you, 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 you have this sense of like, finale and resolution and you know you're kind of like left to wonder with that second to last track and then the last one is like hey we know you're feeling all these things we don't want you to leave this album sad or you know thinking too much so here's this fun one you know for you to just like end on end on a positive note um and then actually after that we have a cover that's like even you know more upbeat but you know as far as originals go i i i consider that you know the, our 10th track on the record to be the final one dude that's that's so funny i i really appreciate that that uh that insight into your record i actually i'm i, I really want to go hear that now but um uh it's funny you say that because my most recent record delta dagger brow heist 2006 the final track or like kind of the last half of the album it's like there's a um like the second to last track is like um, an instrumental one that I recorded live with my old live band. Like right before I moved away from San Luis Obispo, we had this like live session and we recorded this really raw sounding track together. Um, it's like probably the mathiest one on the record. And, and we just sent this track and it was one like that that drummer was like kind of having a little trouble with part of it. And we finally nailed it in this one take and we fucking saved it and like, holy shit, it was so cool. And it was such a cool send off to my old band. And, and, um, and that is like the second to last song. And then the very last song is like, I wrote like a country song and did like yeah. the country song. So it's, it's very much like the second to last song is the like spiritual last song, but then we're going to give you a, a little like funny one, like a little something like really different at the very end, just, just for kicks, just for fun. Yeah. Like it's I, very cool. Yeah. I, I love that, dude. That That's so funny. I, I, we're on the same wavelength there. I freaking mm -hmm. love that shit, man. Um, anyways, trivia. Uh, <laughs> question number three, trivia. Uh, what was the name of Amy's backing band during this recording? Um, they recorded the drums with one microphone? All right, that's the last that time. That they did. That's the last time I'm going to... Uh, <clears throat> joke's not landing very well. Um, I don't know. 
They were called the Dap Kings. Dap Kings? And, uh, the Dap Kings, D-A-P, the Dap Dude, Kings. That's a cool name, Amy Winehouse and the Dap Kings. That's fucking yeah. sick. They were apparently, uh, they were somebody else's band first. I, I forget. She like borrowed them from another singer or something. I, I forget the exact story there, but she borrowed them from another singer. And then, yeah, for like a hot second there, it was it was Amy Winehouse and the Dap Kings, at least in the studio. <laughs> That's rad. All right. Question number four. Uh, where did the album debut on the UK uh, charts? Four. Bro, actually so close. It was number three. Fuck. I was going to say three, or I was going to say five. I was, <laughs> I, 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 I was going to pick three, four, or five. That's cool. Number three. Number three, man. It's currently the... Uh, this is all from Wikipedia, so, you know, a grain of salt, but it's currently the second best-selling... Uh, album in the UK of all time. Wow, what's so. the first? I actually didn't read that. I just saw a little like snippet, and that's what it said. And I didn't click Dude, on the citation cool. to see what the number one was. But if I had to guess number one, fuck, wait, best-selling album in the UK. I feel like it would have to be like Sgt. Pepper or something, right? Like Beatles. That would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. I'm gonna get us both right now because. Talk about the Beatles is one of the buzzwords. <laughs> I love the Beatles, by the way. They're incredible, man. Great example, as you brought up earlier, of um, like easy to write a simple pop song, really hard to write a truly great pop song. And this is a group of guys that wrote a ton of truly great pop songs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Final trivia question for you. Uh, what is the album's score on Metacritic? 8.9. Still pretty close, man. It's an 81. If you had said 8.1, I would have I called that 81. So it's somewhat yeah. close, man. Um, fucking robbed, dude. What the fuck is an 81 for this album? Are you kidding me? That's a B minus. Fuck that. Yeah. I know, dude. Critics are... I mean, what what record has above 90% on Metacritic? Is there an album that has above 90% on, on Metacritic? That's a good question, man. I, I, I actually don't know the answer to that. And I feel like if you went on Metacritic and found the albums that were 90 and higher, they would all be like, like some fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> some fucking bullshit. I don't know, dude. I take those with almost like a like a sliding scale just because critic sites are just so fucking brutal. Like, you know, the best movie like that everybody fucking loved that was perfect gets like an 8.5. And that's like their perfect score, you know? So I feel like I feel like 8.5 or not or, or sorry, 85% or 90% is actually more like 100%, you know? So like if if an album were to get 100%, I view that as like a 5.0 GPA, you know, where like your your right. um <laughs> your AP class was weighted, you know? So that 81% uh -huh. I feel like is actually like an A minus. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. That's true cuz every critic has to um they have to like prove that they're a fucking discerning 
you know, hard ass kind of thing. Like they're really hard to please. So even something that's fucking incredible, they have to like find something wrong with it kind of thing, you know? Which, you know, I mean, that's the job of, of a critic and as annoying as it can be, I mean, you know, it, it can also be constructive, you know, like for, I mean, if, if everybody in the world praises something, your ego's going to get a little too big. And already people's egos get big, even though critics, you know, do exist. But yeah, I mean, I think that it can be necessary to be like, hey, like, you know, keep growing, like never, never give up, never stop practicing, never stop working and striving to be better. That's true. That's actually a great way to look at that. I like that. I like that. I like that view. Hell yeah. Dude. Well, that's it, man. Those are your trivia questions. You are all done, sir. Um, Let me read you off what your uh, buzzwords were today. Because I think you'll laugh. So the buzzwords today were, uh, mention doo-wop. You did not do. Use an onomatopoeia. You did. Uh, talk Wait, about your middle school music I? tastes. Um, you, you oh, did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it was, right. you were like, uh, pantomiming like one of the songs or something like, uh, it was for the, the, <laughs> don't let go. You got the music in it. You, you, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, not even an Amy Winehouse song, man. Dang. That's funny though. Um, next one, talk about your middle school music taste. You did not get, uh, mention Motown. You did not get mention Adele. I was trying to bait you into that one. Um, did not get mentioned Adele. She's one that, uh, Mark Ronson later worked with Adele and, and she had that Brit kind of Neo soul thing going, uh, mm. mention a band you used to be in. You got, Refer to an album made post-1990 as a record you did not get. Um, Use the phrase ahead of its time you did not get. Recite lyrics you got. Mention the Beatles. I think I called both of us on that one. Um, Mention Phil Spector. That's one you didn't get. That one I I put on there because he recently passed away, and he was also really instrumental in that 50s, 60s, R&B, Motown, Wall of Sound production thing he eventually did work with the Beatles too um I was hoping you'd mention him but no Phil Spector today that's all right he kind of sucked um (laughs) say the word (laughs) say the word drink you did not do um mention a part of a drum kit you got uh tell a drinking story actually I think you did tell a drinking story you were talking about when you put on Amy Winehouse during like a little kickback I'm gonna give you that one yeah and also when I was uh cooking and cooking and Baking. drinking and driving. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, describe a sound as warm. You did not do. Uh, I'm surprised. Mention a music video. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic one, man. Oh, yeah. Mention a music video. I, I think, actually, you mentioned something about watching like a live video of her. Yeah, but not a music video. Uh, not a music video. So that's like a... You take like a half sip for that one. <laughs> mention the mention the black keys. I brought up the black keys. I was trying to bait you into that one as well. Um, talk about jazz for sure, for sure. Say vintage. I could not get you to say vintage. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, that's, dude, that's another classic. Vintage and warm. 
Vintage, yeah, I put those on there. I was hoping you'd you'd stumble into those. <laughs> you, you did a good job, though, man. <laughs> um, and the final one was, uh, say neo genre. So as in neo soul, yeah, neo R and B. Dude, that's another dude. You're you're just trying to get me into like like the most cliche phrases that people use when they when they talk about shit like this. I think I exactly. I think I I take myself a, a little too seriously, and I and I try not to um. I try not to be you know too derivative of what other people say, because I just that's good, man. Because that's that's yeah, what guess, it is. That's yeah. why they're they're the buzzwords. It's like right, people just yeah, love to throw yeah. around buzzwords. It's just yeah, because you know they buzzwords. Exactly. So that I I try to do these. If you listen to the other episodes, I like maybe half of these more or less stay the same for every guest and then the other half I kind of change depending on the artist and and I just try to pick dude just total buzzwords just tropes you know just kind of stuff like that that I figure people are gonna if they don't know what to say they're gonna fall back on just saying well it just sounds really warm man yeah, it's, it's so vintage it's a, you know you want to know why I try to avoid those kind of words I think it's not even that I'm just trying to be like different you know or unique I mean I'm sure a part of me is whatever, but, um, it's not, it's, it's so much dude, because when people use words over and over, they start to get overused and then they start to lose their meaning because they'll use them in so many different instances. And it's like, okay, you use the word warm or you use this word or you use the word Nero to describe this thing. And you also use it to describe this other thing. And they're like, so not really related at all. Um, that I just like I try to find other words like to describe and be more specific to what I mean, because, you know, uh, again, a lot of these words lose value and lose, uh, you know, meaning. I think a big, huge word that has lost so much meaning today because of how overused it is and abused it is, is is the word toxic just in general. I feel like people use that word toxic to describe anything that's bad and any kind of relationship or any kind of situation that has any sort of negative connotation and just have totally bastardized the word. And it's just like, it doesn't really mean what it, what it actually means anymore to people. So, um, I try to avoid using. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, man. There, there is kind of this weird, um, it's like a thing I've noticed lately where like everybody, um, tends to talk like they're some kind of a therapist or something. Like they're constantly talking about, like toxic and and like emotional abuse and like manipulation you know they use these like terms and it's like like we used to just say like that guy's a fucking asshole and like everybody knew what that meant but now it's like (laughs) yes like he he shows like many instances of like gaslighting and um he is toxic in his language (laughs) and he but it's like dude like who the fuck do you think you are like it's just so weird like everybody's so like pathologically like everything has to be like a sterile clinical uh like you know therapist's view of of this person's psychology it's like it's so weird man i don't know well i think in my opinion, just from my observation and, and my experience, which could be absolute piss, who knows, maybe I don't know shit. But anyway, I feel like a big reason that, 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 that that's happening is because we're getting a bigger awareness um, of, you know, like what these conditions are and like what, you know, forms of abuse and forms of mental illness and, you know, personal trauma, mental trauma. And which I, I think it's, you know, it's a good thing that it's being, you know, brought to the forefront and it's like being more um, acceptable to talk about. Sorry, it, it's 
becoming more acceptable to talk about, and it's not uh, such a taboo anymore. So I think that's a good thing. But I think we're in this period where we haven't found a balance yet, you know? So we went from not really ever talking about the specifics and just calling people a fucking asshole, you know? And now we're in this situation where everybody thinks they fucking know everything and everybody's a stupid... <laughs> I mean, everybody's a smartass. Yeah, like you said, everybody thinks they're a therapist, so they haven't really, like, figured it out yet, you know? So we haven't struck a balance. And right now, everybody's just annoying and everybody overuses the words and they're like, oh, this is gaslighting. This is, this is toxic behavior. This is that, you know? And it's just like, bro, you're not even using that right. Like, you're, you know, entirely, you're... I, I, I mean, people are, are painting way more negative of pictures that are what are happening, in my opinion. Like, people will describe a situation or a person as, like, gaslighting or, a, you know, toxic. And obviously, you know, in some cases, that's totally valid. That's totally true. But in a, in a lot of cases where people use it, it's like, bro, you're exaggerating. Like, they were just acting like a dick or they made a mistake. But you're using terminology now that's going to vilify people and, you know, it's going to, like, it's going to make a lot of people hate this person because cause you're making them seem like this sociopath and they're not. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you hit the nail on the head, dude. I, I, I would like to clarify. I, I think it is good that people learn these terms and like, and understand them. I, I think it's like arming people with that knowledge and that terminology is very helpful in raising that awareness. Of course is a good thing. And like you said, the taboo, like the stigma, like, normalizing it instead of it being stigmatized is very good but i i agree i think it it does get to a point where someone hears that word for the first time and then they decide that like everything bad that's ever happened to them was due to uh yeah like sociopathic like everyone they've ever met is now fucking ted bundy and like you know what i mean it's like yeah uh, people just like work it up in their own head to be like way gnarlier than it is um whereas you're right dog like there have been so many times where i'm just being a drunk idiot and I say something mean to someone and I didn't even like mean it. And like, maybe that person thinks I'm a fucking serial killer now when it was really just like, no, like, I'm sorry. I fucked up. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, it's, it's weird, man. Yeah, it's dude. Weird. I hate it, man. Everybody is on this high horse. Everybody thinks they're so fucking holy. Everybody, uh, you know, they, they just, they know everything. They know what, what, uh, you did, you know, they, they are going to convict you. I, it's just it's just a bad culture man it's just a really bad culture it's it's really extreme it's really jump the gun and i you know i'm just looking forward to people finding a balance to where you know um we have all this knowledge and understanding and and awareness of what we should be doing and how we should be treating and handling and uh, approaching situations and you know people's conditions people's mental health people's experiences without you know talking out of our ass um you know which i mean that'll happen i don't know how long it's gonna take but i think we're about to uh enter a renaissance i sure hope so man and i feel that i i do feel a lot of people around me now do have some kind of uh like generalized feeling of hope and and you can shit on that and tear that apart as much as you want and talk about why that's not uh you know legitimate or not um um uh you know why that's not valid or whatever but uh i think it's good that we at least have a generalized feeling of hope instead of a generalized feeling of despair and and even if there if if there's no reason for it now i I think it could at least maybe lead to something i don't know yeah i agree with you I, i think a lot of people are are at least um looking for a change looking for something better uh looking to 
uh, come together and find some kind of common ground, um, at least from what I see in, in my limited circle of people. Absolutely, man. Um, well, uh, talked about some great stuff, dude. I'm going to get rolling here. I've got to teach a lesson. I've also got to pee really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel but this that, was dude. awesome, dude. I love talking in general. I love talking. I love talking to people. I love talking about music and going on tangents and just, you know, talking about the shit that we just did, you know, um, and just whatever. It's all, it's all great stuff, man. Fuck yeah, dude. No, I had a great time today, man. I appreciate you coming on the program. Um, I loved this fucking album. I love talking about it with you. Um, once again, guys, this is uh, Aaron Staconner of Interloper. Um, hit him up on Instagram. Uh, we will provide his name and everything in the episode uh, title and credits and everything. Um, you give drum lessons too? Yeah, I do. Bro, hit up Aaron for drum drum lessons, man. Hell yeah, man. Um, Dude, so that's it, man. This has been Vans, Beers, and Buzzwords. Once again, I am John Pagliasotti. That's the Italian way to pronounce it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We will see you guys in two weeks. Have a good one. Adios. This has been a Redefining Records production.